Thanks for tuning in to the Fireside Chat. I am Matt Silver, the Vice President for Partnerships at Trucker Tools. Today, I'm joined by one of our favorite drivers from the Trucker Tools app, Larry Cothran. Larry, thanks for joining us today. Hey, it's a plum pleasing pleasure to be here today. Larry, you've had an interesting progression of jobs in trucking. What enticed you to get into trucking to begin with? Well, what enticed me to get in trucking was I got laid off, and I kept hearing about you need to go drive trucks. You need to go drive trucks. And so when the opportunity came available, that's what I went and did. I went and drove trucks. And I, I started seeing, I was seeing everybody with these adult toys, like four wheels and motorcycles. And you go to their house, they got swimming pools everywhere. And so I'm like, man, like, how are they doing this? And everybody that, that had all that stuff was driving trucks. So that's what, that's what made me migrate over there to the trucking arena. <laughs> I love it. Big toys for big boys. Uh, what did you enjoy most about being a company driver when you were in, in that realm? Well, I, I enjoyed um, the training aspect of it because um, me, myself, I thought, I said, man, I'm going to be to the point to where I have me a, a company myself. So I need to learn logistics. I need to learn behind the scenes. I need to learn how the truck runs. I need to learn you know, mechanical issues. I need to learn how to negotiate with shippers and different things like that. So that's what I learned. Um, and that's what I like most about being a company driver, because it, it gave you the upfront space right there to be to be right there in front of the customer and to be able to build those relationships right there. And same question of sorts, but as you made your way into being an owner operator, what did you enjoy most about that? The time and the freedom, man, the, <laughs> the freedom to be off as long as I want to be off. Um, and, the time, and to go wherever I want to go. I'm no longer forced to go to New York City. I'm no longer forced to go way out to Washington. <laughs> and so I love controlling my schedule. And that's what I love most about it. That's great. And, you know, as we dive into some of the, the nuance between being a company driver and being an owner-operator, for the, the owner-operator side, is a lease purchase arrangement the best way to get started in the business? And if so, what are the advantages? Well, I would say that a lease purchase, uh, it just depends on the type of contract that you have because it's a hundred ways to skin a cat. I mean, you can go in there. It's a hundred ways to enter into the business, you know? And so you can go in there with a lease purchase agreement if the, if the lease purchase agreement is, is favorable to you. But if you don't have the money or the capital to get in, it's a good way for you to get in and to be able to learn the industry and to be able to learn what exactly you need to do before you go to the next step. And also, um, I would say there are multiple ways that you can get into the industry. And I would say whatever way fits right for you, that's the way that you need to go. It's got some people that put, put up a lot of capital. Some people have been saving for years. Got some people that, that have good credit and they can go and just put down a low down payment and go get a truck. You know, it just depends on which way you want to go and what's favorable to you. That's great advice there. And when you speak with people that are interested in becoming a truck driver as a mentor, I know you do a lot of it through social media. What experiences do you share with them? Man, I share the good and the bad. And I always tell people like this right here, apprenticeship before ownership. OK, apprenticeship before ownership. We live it in a time right now where everybody wants to own their own thing and want to do what they want to do. And they want to have their name on the side of the truck. And it's OK to do that one day. But you don't need to jump out there and start owning stuff and you don't have the knowledge to be able to get into the industry. And I always tell people, 
okay, you can make four, five, six, seven thousand dollars just hauling a regular drive every week. You know, and that's after expenses. You can make that. But also you gotta think about now all the responsibility is on you. You gotta think about the maintenance. So one one week you may make seven thousand dollars. Next week, turbo may go out. <laughs> <laughs> you and you may have to spend a lot of money <laughs> fixing that turbo, or you may have something with these with the def system, or something. You may have something that you had need to repair, so you need to think about all of that. Absolutely, yeah. I've, uh, being on the broker side of the community before I, I came to the software side, you know, we were always hearing about the the woes of truck ownership and transmissions going out on you know brand new vehicles, even and a lot of that. Um, and so appreciate everything that you're sharing. And, you know, we touched on your social media. Obviously, you're, you're very active in that community. How has social media changed trucking and how a trucker communicates and engages with customers? Well, I think it has changed because we're living in a society right now where we're driven by reviews and we're driven by media and data. And so being able to have that media out there and to be able to put your company on front street and to show what you do, how you are. It, it, because social media is a mirror of who you really are. And so I think it shows a reflection of your company. It shows a reflection of who you really are. And I think that um, you can build a lot of relationships off of social media. I feel so many relationships off of social media and got so many contracts just from social media. It's ridiculous. And so I think it's, it's changing more and more. And I think we need to adapt to this. There's still a lot of people out there that's still doing things you know, the old way. But picking up a phone, got a fax machine, but it's few far and in between. So I think it's rapidly changing. Larry, let's let's play the game of hypotheticals here. Let's say I want to start my own small fleet trucking business. Mm-hmm. What are some of the most important actions that I should take? Well, I always tell people to secure the freight first. Okay, make sure that you secure the freight first because you can have a truck, but if you ain't got nothing to haul on the truck, guess what? You're out of business. Okay. Next thing is you need to make sure that you have some capital. Okay, whether that be um, uh, credit cards, whether that be lines of credit, some cash, you need to make sure you have some capital set aside because um, you're going to run into things like uh, people not paying you for like 30 days, 45 days. You know, you're going to run into things like repairs that need to that need to happen. And you need to make sure that one tire doesn't put your whole uh, company out of business. Okay. Next thing that you need is you need dependable mechanics, okay? You need someone who's going to be able to work on your truck, who's not going to stick it to you when it's time for you to pay, okay? The next thing that you need, you need some dependable drivers, okay? Right now, I think we're looking at the lowest number I heard was 100,000 drivers short in the industry. And so drivers are a hot commodity right now, and you need to make sure that you have some good drivers. The fifth thing would be this right here. Make sure that you're in compliance, okay? Because you can have all the money, you can have the truck, but if you're out of out of compliance, guess what? You're out of business. You're not making any money. So that would be one of the things I would tell each and every person. That's what I tell everybody. I think that's really good advice. And you know, you and I have, have spoken in the past about it's not necessarily what you know going into this industry or any industry. It's who you know. Having that that deep rolodex of contacts that can. You, know, you can call on them and rely on you know information, whether it's them sharing knowledge about their past, what they did right, what they did wrong, uh, but also having reliable people by your side, be it your mechanic or additional driver. So really good points there. Uh, 
in, in today's market, what would you say is one of the biggest challenges operating a small food? Oh, that's a good question. I would say, just like I talked about earlier, the driver. I think that the driver, I, I get about three to five messages a day for people looking for drivers. And I would think that drivers are the biggest challenge because, you know, it's a shortage of drivers. Like I told you before, we're looking at about 100,000 drivers short. You know, I've, I've heard some some people take it all the way up to a million. You know, we're in a shortage right now and we need drivers. And I think that's one of the things right there that a lot of people can't hold on to drivers. A lot of people can't find good drivers. And when people come into the industry, even as an investor, and you want to get your own truck, you want to put it on the road. That's the number one thing right there that people run up against, the drivers. Absolutely, especially in a, a service-based industry like we are, you know, having that, that physical labor, uh, manpower to get the job done. And somebody yes. who's going to represent your company the way you want to be represented out in the industry. Exactly. That, that's every interaction. You know, it's not just getting the truck from A to Z. It's all of the interactions with the shippers, the receivers, you know, phone calls with you, you know, your creditors, uh, phone calls with the brokers right. as well. There's always going to be you know, a lot of uh, points of service to it. Right. We've talked a lot about what a carrier and what a driver can do. Uh, but let's let's dive a little deeper in the transaction. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see shippers making when they're dealing with small carriers and owner operators? Well, I would say that uh, the biggest mistake would be just one word. It would be the word respect. I think I think we all need to make sure that we're respecting each other and giving giving honor where honor is due, giving props where props is due, because you know it takes the driver to be able to make it uh, to make to be able to transport your load from one location to the next location. And so if we're not treating him with respect or we're not treating the warehouse worker with respect, guess what? We all we all break that loop with what I call a supply chain. Okay. It's a supply chain. So you're a part of the link. I'm a part of the link. The shipper is a part of the link. The receiver is a part of the link. The warehouse is a part of the link. And we need to make sure that that, that, that link stays together at all times with, with respect. That's great, and I, I will definitely echo that. You know, it's the do what you say you're going to do, mean what you say, and, and treat everybody you know as if they're family because we're we're all in this together. So, Larry, thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate your input. Before we let you go, what is the best way for the viewers to reach you on social media? So you can reach me at I am Larry Cothran on Instagram, and you can reach me at L, L Boogie on YouTube. I will personally vouch for Larry's YouTube channel. Uh, not only can you get free advice for the industry, which is awesome, uh, you can also hear him style up the Golden Girls theme song, which I think is hilarious, and uh, also kick around his drum set. So, Larry, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.